Welcome back to Trending in Education. Uh, Mike Palmer here with a very special episode uh, where we're joined uh, with, uh, with some friends and colleagues. Uh, Nancy Sanchez uh, is the Executive Director of the, the Kaplan Educational Foundation. Welcome to the show, Nancy. Delighted to be here. Nancy, is, uh, this is your third time on Trending in Education. We'd love to have you more. And uh, Really, really happy to have you here, but, uh, but we're also joined uh, by a, a, a second level special guest. So like, not only do we have Nancy as a special guest, we have Alex as a second level uh, special guest. Uh, Nancy, can you introduce uh, our listeners to Alex? Alex Borges is a Kaplan Leadership Scholar. He is, just became part of our program, and we're delighted um, uh, to have him be a part of the program because he has amazing goals, both in technology and economics. Uh, he's currently in a community college and seeking transfer to a four-year. Uh, what is amazing about uh, Alex is also that he served the country in the uh, Marine Corps uh, Alex, correct me if I am saying anything wrong, because I'm looking right at him. Yes. I am so proud of everything he has done thus far. Yes. Yeah, which is great. So Thank Alex, you for that introduction. yeah, and, <laughs> absolutely. And Alex yeah. is here with us, uh, which is fantastic. And uh, and uh, I want want to send a shout out to Brandon and Dan, who also would love to be here. Uh, and they're big uh, big fans of the Kaplan Foundation and everything you guys are doing. Uh, and really. If you're a fan of the Kaplan Foundation, you're a fan of the scholars, and uh, Alex is a great example of our scholars. And, uh, and today's show is really about uh, non-traditional pathways uh, into and through higher education, which is a big part of what the Kaplan Foundation's about, and it's a big part of what, uh, what your story's about, Alex. So um, can, you, uh, can you maybe spend a, spend a few minutes just walking us through uh, who you are and how you came into the Scholars uh, program? And, uh, and, uh, and, and also maybe uh, I'd like to talk a little bit about your background as a veteran too, but we'll get into that, okay. I, I think, a little bit more over the conversation. Yeah, definitely. So my name is Alexander Borges. I, um, I'm a, currently a student at LaGuardia Community College here in New York City. I graduated high school here in Queens locally. I decided to join the Marine Corps Reserves. Uh, so I spent about a year on active duty training, came back um, through the reserves. I decided that, you know, maybe college isn't for me at the moment. So I decided to go work in industry. I managed to get a job in the uh, IT field. I was working in an investment bank for two years. Mm -hmm. And uh, working at the investment bank, I sort of realized that um, there's only a certain level you can go up to without having college education. And I decided to go back to school full time. And being back in school full time, I got inspired and started really understanding, like, what the impact of what an individual can do in the world can really be. Mm -hmm. And I sort of got in, very inspired with, uh, with climate change and climate policy. Mm. So that's sort of been my main motivator nowadays and sort of understanding how technology and data science and economic policy can all come together and solve climate issues. Wow. Yeah. And uh, our listeners may not pick up uh, on this based on your uh, the maturity that we're hearing from you, but you're still a... We were talking during our prep. You are a member of uh, the so-called Generation Z. Is that correct? Like yes. you're 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 not 45. Uh, I'm not going to ask you your age, but you are more uh, of the emerge the rising generation, right? Like you you're you're sort of in your early to mid 20s. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm um, I'm 22. So oh, there you go. Wow, wow, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. So I'm I'm exactly on that cusp of Generation Z and and sort of growing up with the internet in our hands and like. YouTube and, and podcasts and, and the entire just generation information all the time and, yeah. and sort of 
I guess it's called low attention generation. I like to think of it differently, but yeah, that's, that's really, that's really what it is, right? We don't concentrate or that's the stereotypical thing. You're not focused on one thing for too long of a time. You're right. sort of jumping from medium to medium to medium. Yeah. Um, but that has advantages and disadvantages. Right. And, and you'll see how that plays out. As yeah. Corporation. Interestingly, one of the things we talked about on the show a bunch is the importance of diversity on every dimension and the, the importance of people with different backgrounds being exposed to each other. One of the topics we've talked about is intergenerational diversity too. The fact that people from different generations should talk to each other and people from different socioeconomic backgrounds should talk to each other and people with military experience should talk to non-military folk. And like the more people are exposed to diversity on every dimension, uh, the more it opens up their thinking. Um, I know that that's a big part of what the, the Kaplan Foundation is doing too. Like, uh, can you talk right. a little bit right. about that? And so at the Kaplan Educational Foundation, our focus is really to bring our students, all of our students are uh, from historically underrepresented um, groups. So mainly um, African-American, African descent, as well as Latino students. And what we have found, to your point, is that uh, campuses really are having a hard time attracting and bringing students in and retaining them, especially from, um, from these backgrounds. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, especially when talking to students and, and administrators as well, that these students bring with them such an opportunity for their own, for the, the traditional student to mm -hmm. learn from someone like Alex. Like yeah. to your point, you may be discussing history, political science, economics in a course, but imagine having a veteran there. Right. The same applies if you have a 26 year old woman who has right. a child for sure, or somebody who just recently arrived um, from another country. Yep. So everyone benefits from having a diverse classroom. Right. And more so if you have a diverse campus where people then socially are able to engage. Mm -hmm. um, again, if we're going to solve the problems of the world, we really need to have a diverse problem thinking group of people that can really all look into, into each other's eyes and say, what is best for this world? Mm -hmm. And it really, it sounds hokey, but it's really the best way to problem solve and to address the many um, social issues, but also economic issues, technology yeah. issues, anything. Yeah, even uh, like a lot of the research that we've talked about on the show and we've read is that groups perform better when they have more cognitive diversity, more like mm -hmm. different ways of thinking. And the more you can build cultures that are seeking out diversity, uh, it actually makes people smarter. And it, in terms of the future work, cross-dimensional uh, teams, cross-functional teams are really important. Uh, Alex, I imagine a little bit of your military background is, is a bit about uh, diversity and figuring out how to collaborate uh, with people who you're kind of thrown together. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, what's interesting, especially in the Marine Corps, I think, um, the, the military does a really great job of taking people from all over the country. Like when I first stepped on Paris Island, uh, boot camp for the Marine Corps. Yeah. When I first stepped on Paris Island, I was stepping in with people from all over the country, uh, all over the East Coast. 600 people come and like don't know each other, perfect strangers. And we're just going through this, I mean, purposefully stressful time that's right. meant to sort of like break you down and get everybody to learn how to work as a team. But I think one of the biggest takeaways from being in the military is learning how to work towards a mission. Mm -hmm. And as long as you can unite people under a common banner or a common goal, yeah. you can figure out how to work together. And that's very important. Uh, like you said, the 
the diversity of cognitive differences is important because how many times can you maximize one item before somebody with a different field or a different uh, thought process is able to come in and completely change it around? You can only take three experts in one field and put them together and get so far. But if you take three experts in three different fields, right. what can you really come up with? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, and uh, it seems like the foundation in some ways is uh, is helping us with uh, with exposing people with different backgrounds to scholars who maybe wouldn't have been exposed to the opportunities that they get in like an organization like Kaplan. Right. And then to your point, Nancy, uh, I know we have a new book coming out yes. about the transfer process, but like lots of students who are transferring are really an asset to these sort of traditional, maybe less diverse organization, diverse universities yes. um, who maybe don't have the range of experiences. They don't have really students like Alex yes. uh, in their mix. And increasingly, I think they're starting to realize to stay relevant and to stay uh, contemporary and to really develop uh, effective citizens and workers of tomorrow, they need to be exposed to difference. And a big part of that, I think, is transfer students, right? Absolutely. Well, because usually if many um, students, like over 50% of the Latino population, for example, starts uh, in community college, uh, those that are trying to access higher education. So if you're looking for Latino students, if you're looking for non-traditional students, if you're looking for many um, veterans, oftentimes because of costs, because of proximity, because many of these um, students are also um, providing support to a household, mm -hmm. um, both their, their family, but also their extended families. Um, so community college offers them a low, low cost, easy access option. So going there to recruit is really important, but also making sure that you recognize those credits and mm -hmm. making sure that you recognize the myriad of uh, experiences that are there. So we, the book, your 2019 guide to college transfer, which, which just dropped, just dropped yesterday. It was an Amazon books. It's a, as of yesterday today and we are delighted. I mm -hmm. mean, it has the profiles of a hundred schools. This year we've also added online schooling because so many people mm -hmm. were saying, hey, I am a veteran. I attend school online. Right. And so can you please guide us on how to select the best programs? Right. So we had to go out there and also do our homework to be able to properly advise on how to make the best decisions about online schooling, right. but also the top universities, small schools, uh, women's colleges. Right. And so that's our goal. Our goal is to make sure that we create a bridge between the diverse groups of students that are in community colleges and the top schools in the nations. Yeah. So that someone like Alex can really have choice at the point of transfer and right. can really look at all the opportunities that are out there. Right, exactly. And a lot of those most, uh, the most elite colleges especially are very difficult to get, get into directly out of high school or directly out of uh, the military, for example, right. where like, obviously you have a lot of competing demands on your time when you're in the military. Uh, we actually talked about it when we had Nancy on the show last time around, um, in addition to the, the need of these universities to get the diversity in, there are different services, uh, actually pun not intended, uh, <laughs> but, but there are different services that, that, are, that are required really for veterans or for, we talked about DACA as well. Like, you know, like the, the different diverse profiles, um, it's not just getting them in, it's also keeping them and letting them know that there's uh, support there. Um, 
I remember hearing uh, a little bit during our prep too, like for you as, as, uh, as someone who, who did serve, like figuring out how mm. to land your sort of undergraduate career coming out of the military right. required a little bit of initiative on your part, right? Like, like it's not like those it, services were necessarily like did, handed yeah. to you. Yeah, right? And everyone's, everyone's experience in the service is a little bit different. So I was in the reserves. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm not, it, when you, think of a service member, you typically think of two, four year contracts, went away, right. came back. And that there's a pretty clear patch for that in some ways, in right. some ways there isn't. It's still hard for those individuals to be able to apply to college and sort of figure out where to go. Right. And a lot of them do end up at community colleges right. um, and do very well there and are able to therefore leverage that. Um, in my case, as a reservist, I was sort of do the training and then come back home. So for me, the path isn't as clear, or for reservists in general or guardsmen in general, the path isn't as clear of what to do or where to go because right. those sort of resources for transitioning out mm-hmm. aren't there because you're not technically out yet. Right. So there's it's a, it's a little bit of a different case and a different scenario, but yeah. there's ways to, to go about figuring out how it is. And, and the biggest thing is to leverage your network, really. Right leverage everybody you have at your unit and this goes for anybody who might be listening leverage anybody you have at your unit leverage any resources offered to you Mm -hmm. and just ask questions there's always somebody willing to help if you're willing to ask yeah that's a fantastic point too because like uh lots of folks uh even maybe you know uh from uh, you grow up with challenges in your life you feel like i need to look out for myself i'm not used to being helped maybe you don't feel like you trust the people who might be able to help you one thing I'm still learning in my career as you continue to advance is like people will help you if you're willing to ask and like, you just got to put yourself out there, be a little bit vulnerable. Yes. And then, and the part. Yeah, yeah, but then, but then there are people and, you know, not to put you on the spot, Nancy, but you're kind of <laughs> one of these people who like, there's so many people out there who really do want to help. And especially if you're coming out of a background, like, like Alex's, like, you just, we, we want to do more and, and like, and it's a two way street, which is what's really interesting. It's not just like, let me be a philanthropist and like feel better about my life that I help somebody who, who wouldn't have found it. It's like, you will, your culture will get better by adding these different voices and these perspectives. And like, um, I don't know, I'm I'm just riffing here, but it uh, is, no, you know, uh, the Aspen Institute, as you know, um, just put out the, um, well, they, they put out a report that is called the American um, Transfer Initiative. Mm-hmm. And under the new leadership of Dan Porterfield, who was the president of Franklin and Marshall, yes. um, he has uh, really um, looked at, presented the transfer and admitting a diverse population in a very different way. And that is that America needs, that the United States needs a talent pool. Mm-hmm. And if you need a talent pool, to to you know to work both in business and healthcare any industry mm-hmm. you need to start to invest in that talent pool and that talent pool has to be diverse mm-hmm. the fact is that if you that every college out there has to have a diversity plan that really doesn't see it as here we are doing you a favor because they're not they're really accessing mm-hmm. some amazing students i mean when we say that alex i uh, celebrated him last week because he took the act and i know it's like i sound like a mother <laughs> looking at you know their child and bragging but this is this is a veteran mm-hmm. 22 years old 
who got a 33 mm-hmm. on the ACT. Right. That is on the top one percentile. Nice. The reality is that not every veteran right. has the resources or the time to be able to spend yeah. preparing for the ACT, sure. taking the ACT, visiting colleges. That you need to take the ACT. Exactly. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. That's, that's really the big one for me. And, and I can't say the score was all me. I was able to use the resources from the foundation and actually get the test prep and sure. understand how the process works and, right. and understand that I needed to take the ACT. Yeah. Um, I have to say before I was part of the Kaplan program, I was, I was using the clear community college path to go from two year to four year and, and transfer and being able to sort of use the foundation of focus on academics and understand what transfer really is and understand how it really works. Right. And that there's other options because a lot of the time community college students don't even realize there's other options. Right. So being able to utilize the foundation's resources, the information in the book. Yeah. I, <laughs> I don't mean to plug it, but, <laughs> but no, it's, please. It's, it's really, I read through it in the first couple of days in the foundation because right. you get free copies of students and yeah. the information in the book completely changed my outlook on transfer process. Right. And, and I would say for our listeners too, like if you have someone, you know, who's maybe, uh, you know, in the military when, or they had a gap year or, you know, like they didn't go directly. Uh, we, in, we, we interviewed uh, Andy Tempty, who's uh, yes. the CEO of a, of a division of Kaplan uh, he wanted to be in a band right out of right out of high school, so like he didn't go right into uh, into undergrad. And like, there's so many different pathways in our lives, and like to think that there's just one path for people to take is a very like limiting way of understanding who we are as people. I do wonder too, like, because there's all this talk about the the, the benefit of a gap year. Um, like the discipline and the the grit that you learn uh, at Paris Island and becoming a, a reservist, uh, I gotta imagine that gives you a real advantage as a as an undergrad or as someone who's trying to prepare for the the the, the these tests or like prepare for the future. Like yeah. like you know you can do great things, right? right? And it, it contextualizes everything for you, right? Yep. So like compared to staying up an extra hour for studying compared to staying up all night doing push-ups in the sand it's it's a no-brainer yeah (laughs) just study like that's it's it's being able to reference those experiences and i think it's important too like even being in the band even taking that gap year it's something that's a lot more popular in in europe right and i i think it's really underestimated by universities here the importance of being able to take that gap year because if you're 18 and you're graduating high school you've been in school for the past 14 years of your life you don't know anything else right if you're lucky, maybe you've had a few summer internships, but to be able to take that time off and to be able to know that there's a way to understand what to do when you get back right. is really important. And I think that a lot of times universities don't see that and they right. don't re- uh, respect that for what it really can be. Yeah, I love what you're saying. I mean, we talk about a lot on the show, uh, more from the perspective of educators or people who are designing curriculum or designing uh, media experiences, you know, be intentional about what you're doing, like go in with an idea of a mission. You were talking about mission. Frequently we talk about mission. We're not thinking about it like a Marine, but, but in a way there's a benefit to that perspective and like having the, the breadth of experience that you had before you went back in to say, okay, now I understand a little better what the world is like. I understand what discipline is like. I understand what leadership is like. Now, when I go back to get my degree, you're going after your degree as a Marine, right. you know what I mean? And that's, that, 
that there's a lot to I, there's a lot to learn from that. I think there is a lot to learn, and I'm so glad that you asked the question about an advantage. The fact is that we in this room can all agree that you know having this type of experience is an advantage to anyone, mm -hmm. right? The leadership, mm -hmm. um, the grit that you develop. But the reality is, and I hate to be a downer on this, is that unfortunately it has become for so many a disadvantage mm -hmm. because the fact is that so many veterans are not fully aware right. of what are the policies that both the military has in regards to covering their expenses for education, what is the process, that should just be uh, written clearly. Yes. It should not be in, the, in small writing. Right. Same thing I say to four-year and two-year institutions. You should have very clear policies and seek out those right. veterans. Right. Look for them. Explain to them what are the services that are available to them so that they can reach. Right. So that someone that is like Alex, you know, has done so well at the community college can now look and say, wait a minute, should I consider applying to Princeton? Right. Should I, you know, and if he visits Princeton, that they welcome him, that they show him the campus. We all have to be in this. It has to be explicit mm -hmm. and to your point, intentional. Yes. But explicit is key because, you know, people are just surviving and living their lives. Right. Uh, you know, I don't check the small print often in many things. I right. should. Right, right. But we don't. Uh, because we lead busy lives, but it is important. Uh, diversity just doesn't happen. Yeah, it, it's, it has to be intentional. Absolutely. And, and even if you think about like the military experience, you know, frequently it's like, you know, people say thank you for your service and, and we're tight on time. So I don't, that's a whole nother podcast, <laughs> which we could get into. But people say thank you for your service. And I've heard different perspectives on that. But like, rather than, you know, if you say you served, like saying, like, trying to understand how, like, you know, understand what's unique about you based on your service and like what do you need next right. and like like what like you know have you have you have you thought about uh you know a community college and a path you know what i mean like you don't want to get you don't want to get too deep too fast right. but but you also you kind of don't want to just say the the easy thing and then feel better about it you actually like we almost have an obligation as a as a society to 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 go a little bit deeper than the thing that makes me feel good and i can move on with my life Right. And, and uh, thank you. Thank you for the service. I hear a lot. And thank you for the opportunities, the response I give, because mm -hmm. not only was it an amazing opportunity and did I have, a, I mean, there were hard times, sure, but I had a blast being in the service. But also, thank you for the opportunity to gain those skills. Yeah. Uh, like Nancy mm -hmm. was saying, gain those skills, gain those talents. Right. Refine that grit. Right. And refine that determination. Yeah. And being able to take those skills and abilities and leverage them against opportunities that are offered is amazing as long as you're aware the opportunities are there. Yeah, and yeah. that's once again coming back to this issue of awareness and reaching out. Yeah. And there are a few universities that do reach out to, to veterans or and current service members, mm -hmm. but there's just not enough. Yeah, I can I can name three, but I can't name four. Right, mm -hmm. right. Well, that's, that's and uh, many of our listeners are in like the educational like industry or thought leaders or university settings. Like, hopefully, they're listening a little more intently right now. Because like, how do you get more uh, more universities onto that list? Yeah, reach them while they're in their service. Yeah, it's the transition process is is. For a for typical active duty individual, it's about six months to transition out of the military. Right. Uh, starting with like three months coming out and three months finding a new thing to do once you're out. Right. Um, so reach out to people while they're in your service. Go ahead. Feel free to send 
individuals to units that are nearby. I mean, yeah. if you're a university and you've got a unit near your university, you first of all, you should be trying to get students to come at night or whatever you can, but also say, hey, we have these opportunities for you and you can do this at our university. Come check it out. We'll yeah. show you what's going on. We did it. We did a really interesting show with Scott, Scott Jasek from uh, Inside Higher Ed. And he was talking about how a lot of, it, a lot of universities are in trouble now because they don't have a mission and they're not really mm-hmm. thinking about the future. Like they're sort of assuming like the, the, the kids who can afford it, whose families can afford it. And they, they kind of matriculate right from high school into a private mid-tier university. Like, if you don't really know what you're doing in that sense, like think about helping people from the, with a military background or non-traditional yes. background. And like, anyway, so, so we, we could go on at length, <laughs> but, but I do want to understand maybe as we wrap, like uh, what's next. So like, where, uh, where are you headed? I mean, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I feel like uh, I'm, I'm trying to be extra nice to you because I may wind up working for you uh, five <laughs> or 10 years from now, but, uh, but what's next? Where, where are you heading? Um, so, I mean, I'm still weighing schools and looking at lists. Um, it, it, there's a lot of research that goes into the beginning of sort of figuring out what schools are transfer friendly, what schools are a good fit for each individual. Um, I, I know I want to study economics. I know I want an interdisciplinary curriculum, something mm-hmm. where I can leverage my knowledge of technology, leverage data science, leverage all the sort of different aspects that we have in the world. Um, so I'm just sort of looking for a program that fits for me right now and sort of understanding what schools offer that kind of program. Awesome. Yeah. Well, uh, and then Nancy, how about you? What's next uh, for the foundation? What's next uh, next for uh, for our listeners? What's well, what's coming up next? <laughs> the good news is that the book is out. So your 2019 guide to college transfer is on Amazon. And we're very happy about that online. We also have created instructors materials. We're very happy about that, and we will be adding additional curriculum materials for um, colleges as well as um, organizations that provide college access to have our materials. And so go to our website, Mm kaplanedfoundation.org, and you can find out more. And on Amazon, you can just look for your 2019 Guide to College Transfer. Awesome. And and if you can, uh, if you're a listener, if you can think about people who maybe don't have a traditional pathway to universities, what can you do to help? And if you're someone who uh, by any chance is listening to this, who feels like you need help, don't be afraid to ask, like, look, look for, there are people out there who do want to help you. So don't, don't feel like, don't feel like you're alone and people won't help you. People want to help. So, uh, so anyway, very inspirational, Alex, uh, thanks for, thanks for your service uh, on this show and and in the Marines and in the Kaplan Foundation. Nancy, always amazing to have you on. We'd love to have you on again soon. And uh, for our listeners, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll be back uh, back again on Tuesdays. You can follow us at, uh, at Trending in Ed uh, on Twitter. And, uh, and yeah, thanks, thanks again to our guests. Thank you.